0: welcome to the for the one podcast i am thrilled to announce that we have a very special guest this week the marvelous chloe walser chloe is one of the first people i met in college we met at a job fair she was working a booth and y'all i was needing a job within our first conversation she had invited me to a girls night event with her friends And call me crazy to hang out with a stranger the first day I met them. But if you know Chloe, you know that's actually not crazy at all. To her, it's just sharing the love of Jesus with others. Chloe has now graduated from college and works in ministry full-time. I've asked her on the show today because she is so wise beyond her years. And when she speaks, y'all, you'll want to listen because she speaks with love and intentionality. So please welcome my dear friend, Chloe. Hey, Chloe. Welcome. Hey, Kaylin. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. Even better now that you're here with me. Finally, you've been on my list of like people I want to interview since the beginning.
1: <laughs> that is so sweet. I just adore you, Kaylin. Even your voice is just so welcoming and sweet. And so just knowing you in person and your life just brings me joy because you're so sweet.
0: Thank you, Chloe. One thing about you talked about my voice, one thing about your voice, I can always hear your smile. It's like your voice (laughs) is the sound of a smile. It's so precious. That might be the best compliment I've ever been given. That was so sweet. (laughs) Well, you're the sweetest, and you deserve nothing but the sweetest. But you are so sweet and wise. And I was wondering, as a really wise girl, you probably have read many books. Do you have, before we begin, like any book recommendations, something you're currently reading? Like what's your go-to book?
1: Oh my gosh, Kaylin. I've read so many books and I wish I could recommend every single one. Um, I think the past year, my two favorite books have been Captivating and Gentle and Lowly. Man, I... I cannot rave enough about these two books, especially Captivating. It has just completely rewired the way that I think about God, um, the way that I think about myself and the way that I think about others. It's just, it's an amazing book and I highly recommend the read. Have you ever read that
0: one? No, I don't think I've ever heard of it. What? What's it about exactly? So Captivating, it is about how the Lord is captivating
1: to us, but we are also captivating to him Um, it goes through a lot of different chapters of specifics it really helps almost rewire the brain of a woman um, in our relationship with god and so it talks about how god he's like beautiful he created beautiful things he is captivating we are drawn to him through nature through sunrises through sunsets through other people and he communicates attributes down into us also And one of the specific attributes that I've learned that he's created and instilled into women specifically is that beauty and that intimacy and that craving to get to know women. So like women love to get to know other women, children love to confide in women, Um, men love to rely and confide into women. And so man, God has communicating his captivating attributes into us and it's man it's just it's amazing
0: wow that's so beautiful like oh my goodness what's it who's it by do you remember um it is a woman
1: named stacy let me look at her last name real quick um i think it's i think it's like Elridge, because her husband john wrote a book for the men um if some men want to know a little bit more about this he wrote wild at heart and she wrote captivating and they come in into each other's books and give perspective from the men or from the women which is really special and so stacy and john i believe elridge um are the authors and they're amazing they're so wow talk about a power couple oh for real (laughs) that's how i'm trying to be someday you know
0: oh yeah for sure (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, I will definitely for y'all listening, I will definitely link um that book in the in the show notes for y'all because I'm about to go, I'm gonna go about to go buy that book for myself. It sounds so good. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. You should order that thing off Amazon right now. Right away, everyone. This is not a promotion. We just really like no. the book. <laughs> it's
1: amazing
0: and it will change the way that you think about God in the most beautiful way. Wow. So beautiful. And okay, so that book is probably just one portion of like you learning about God and your walk with Him and how you've grown closer with Him. You just being such like a spiritual inspiration to me, would you mind just telling the listeners um, just about your walk with God, your life story, and what, what you're all about? Oh,
1: of course. I would love to. Um, who doesn't love to talk about themselves a little bit? Um, I'm actually learning. I think something really cool when communicating, like my story is humbling myself before God and wanting to communicate the bigger story and God's story um, and how I'm just written in God's story, not vice versa, because I have a tendency, and I'll tell you about it here in a little bit, but to just try to write God into my story, which doesn't pan out. Um, just a little FYI, if anybody needs, needs that reminder. Wow. But I've I've never heard it like that before. Oh, oh my gosh. I hope you never forget. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but when thinking about just like my own life, I feel like I identify a lot with Timothy from the Bible. Um, man, his story is just really encouraging and it's one that people don't always pinpoint right away. But Timothy was raised by his grandma and his mom, and they taught him a lot of truth. They taught him scripture. They taught him God's words, the prophecies. And Timothy was a teenage boy, and Paul, Saul who became Paul, came across Timothy, took Timothy in, and began teaching him the truths of the gospel, began taking Timothy to cities and villages to share the gospel and to share his life to equip and establish churches to know the gospel and to be able to teach the gospel and build up people of God. Um, and so I identify with that a lot. I was raised in a small town, good old Canadian, Texas. We, we love Canadian and man, I'm just really thankful. I was thinking God about this earlier today, but I'm just really thankful for the family, for the community, for, Man, just the influences and the mentors, the teach. Seriously, just growing up in Canadian was such a blessing to me. God was really kind to place me in a family that cared about church, that cared about God. And so I was raised learning about scripture, learning about God, learning about the gospel and Jesus' death on the cross. Grew up celebrating Christmas, just all of the things. Um, and I'm really thankful because looking back on that, time of my life that 18 years it was a foundational for how i live my life today and so i'm really thankful for that but um i think a lot changed when i got to college and man i'm so thankful for that change because i have an intimate relationship with the lord now um but basically there are three core people that i'll talk about There's so many more that play into this story, but there are three key people who God so sovereignly wind up in my life. The first one, her name is Lauren. Lauren and I joined the same sorority in college. Lauren was a year older than I was and invited me to go to a college ministry gathering with her. And so I was like, oh, heck yeah, of course. I grew up doing this kind
0: of stuff. Like,
1: let's go, sister. So first week of college, Lauren takes me with her to what's called a stumo late night. And man, it was fantastic. I loved it. It was great. I was still really confused what was going on cuz it was first week of college and man that week is just so confusing. But I remember meeting a lot of people and being remembered by name, which was cool. Um around the same week, first week of school, I met these two girls named sarah and carly and sarah is the other person the second person who was really influential in my life so sarah worked for this college ministry and she would come to the market which is a dorm in and at texas tech she would come to the market and meet freshmen meet people who were eating there people who lived in the dorm and her and carly were just so kind and considerate asking about how first weeks were going what was confusing what was challenging and so i just got to talk into carly and sarah and learned that they were worked for a college ministry we talked a little bit about how i grew up in church and i had been telling them about my new friend lauren who i'd met in my sorority and so sarah the next week i run into her again i'd run into her like every single day pretty much But Sarah was like, hey, Chloe, why don't you and Lauren just come to lunch with me? Hey, I'd love to talk to both of you guys more about your faith and what that looks like and even share some of what I've learned with you. And we were like, oh, my gosh, a cool older girl is asking us to lunch.
0: Let's (laughs) go. That's so real. That's that's what you did to me, Chloe. I remember, like... We met at, like, the most random event, like, a job fair. And you were like, hey, come to this girls' night event with me for my organization. <laughs> and, y'all, that was how me and Chloe met. She literally was just – had the kindness of a stranger. Um, So don't underestimate the power of being kind.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's so true and so sweet of a memory. I love that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Sarah was being really kind, and she was being very intentional. And she – was inviting us into her life. And it was it was a dream come true. I felt like a rock star. I felt really known and seen and loved. And so Sarah takes me and Lauren to lunch and over a course of weeks, we continue meeting and she begins to share with us different things about her life and pressing into our lives. She shared the gospel with us clearly. Um, it's something Lauren and I had both grown up knowing, going to church, we knew all the correct answers. But she shared it in such a way that gave purpose to why Jesus had to die on the cross, not just a historical event, but gave purpose to it. She began to process through with us what our faith meant in our lives. And man, up until that point, basically what faith was to me, what Christianity was to me, what following Jesus was, was going to church on Sundays, being a good person, um, caring about heaven and being scared of hell. And so to that point in my life, basically, that's how I marked Christianity. I was like, hey, as long as I'm going to church and being a good person and being kind and loving, um, I'm good to go. I'm great. God will accept me and love me. And so those aren't bad things. Um, Those are all fruits of the Christian life. But that was all I was banking on. And I was trying so hard at those things to be accepted by God, which Man is just the complete opposite of the gospel. Um, he came down and died for us because we can't do anything to gain salvation or to gain acceptance except through the death of Jesus on the cross. And so, as Sarah is processing through this with us, I'm learning that, hey, I think my view of Christianity, man, may be. It's not as true as I thought it was. Um, I had another view of, oh my gosh, I'm learning that I have had a power struggle with God. I like know the gospel. I know about heaven. I know that I'm loved by Jesus. But when I'm talking about the Lord's authority in my life, what was true is that I had authority of my life. And so I'm playing tug of war with God pretty much of, when I was really in trouble and I didn't have the answers, I man, maybe I would pray to God or I would read my Bible or ask people in church to pray for me. Um, but all the other times I was calling all the shots, making all the decisions, really worried about my life. And Sarah, her life was very different. Um, she was so evidently different than any other Christian I'd ever seen in my life. She was kind and loving, loving, just like i would say that i probably was but in a very intentional way with the gospel um she was faithful she lived her life in such an honoring and glorifying way to the lord she read god's word more than just on sundays and she cared about sharing her faith with other people and up until that point i probably hadn't ever opened my bible except on sundays and at church camps And so Sarah's life looked really different from how I'd seen Christianity modeled. Um, I just remember that being very crucial. And so Lauren and Sarah and this girl named Mary, man, are just three monumental characters in my life. Um, Lauren was my best friend who went through so much with me, who we prayed together. We were, friends, we were the first accountability we ever had for each other. We were continually spurring each other on, encouraging each other to read God's word, encouraging each other to take steps of faith. Um, I'll talk more about Lauren here in just a little bit. But um, Sarah ended up moving after my first semester at Texas Tech. And I was really sad because Sarah had been meeting with me and teaching me God's word, teaching me how to apply that to my life, teaching me what it looked like to live out my faith, to believe the truth of the gospel, um, and to fall in love with God. And so I was really sad. I was like, Sarah, what do you mean you're moving away? And she goes, Hey, don't worry. I know this amazing girl who is in college and man, she will take care of you from here. She will teach you what you need to know. And that girl, man, her name's Mary Ryan, and Mary Ryan is one of my most favorite people in the entire planet. Mary continued to mentor me and teach me throughout college. She um, discipled me. She taught me how to share my faith. She encouraged me. She prayed for me. She continues to pray for me. She has moved away from me for a couple years now, but, man, I still know that she is just so faithful and diligent to care for me and consider me in her prayer. Um, But anyway, through this entire time, this entire first year of college, through my time growing up, through a summer discipleship program that I went to and attended, man, God just worked in my heart so much. He transformed so many of my thoughts. He transformed so many of my disciplines. Um, He transformed me through his spirit. And it was amazing. Um, He transformed just my desires and my purpose, a purpose that was once to be as successful as I could be for myself and transformed it into a purpose that is willing to lay down my life um, because he laid down his for me to pursue him, to make the most of every moment for the sake of the gospel and to enjoy and exalt God among the nations. And so, man, from that first year, God has just continued to transform me Um, To create in me a desire to make disciples, to um, take those foundational elements I learned from when I was young of knowing the gospel, God's word, how to be kind and loving and a good friend. And has just really rooted those in the truth of the gospel and just seeing the way that he uses me um, and uses my life. I just get really excited about and there's nothing sweeter
0: than that. Wow, that's so beautiful! Thank you so much for sharing. I know it's it can be a really vulnerable thing to like tell your story. So I really do um, appreciate you telling us that, Chloe. Yeah, it's again just the Lord working because none of that I could do on myself. He, uh, he's a kind and caring God. Mm-hmm. And it's really it's really cool because when you look back in the Bible. And you see all these miraculous things that God did. He parted the Red Sea. He, you know, was a pillar of fire and a pillar of smoke. Like, or is it smoke or clouds? I don't know. Um, He, you know, turned water into wine and healed people. He made a donkey talk. All these miraculous things. And then, you know, we flash forward to our time and we maybe haven't really seen any of that, anything like that. But that doesn't mean that like God isn't still working miracles. They just may look so differently, just like they may look like a friend. He's placed specifically in your life to help you grow in relationship with him. And, you know, and then another friend, another friend. Now you have a whole community like that's miraculous that God, you know, cares and loves so much that he wanted you to have those people to inspire you and spur you on in your faith. Oh, for sure. That's amazing. And I think too, Mm -hmm. Kaylin, like
1: something that I've learned is, yeah, maybe I don't see lepers being killed every day, but you know what I do see? I do see lives Mm -hmm. transformed by the gospel. And if there's anything more evident than that, man, I just don't even think I would believe it. Um, Just because seeing lives be changed by the gospel is just so evident of god and his character and his people Mm -hmm.
0: and it's like when you see those lives change like you can't help but go and tell it on the mountain like you can't help but go and like say to everyone you know like i was lost like now i'm found and you know my friend over here she was one way now she's another way my other friend like you know he was Addicted or hurting or whatever and like jesus met him and jesus found him and what I think is so cool Is that like you I for sure exemplify that in your life and like And are really honestly inspiring to me y'all if you don't know chloe like get yourself a chloe because God is working in her life and she's like, okay, god like let's run with it Let's go, you know use me to work in other people's lives. Let me be the sarah and the lauren and uh, marry to other people, which is um, really admirable.
1: Mm, That's sweet.
0: Really admirable. (laughs) Um, So with that, you mentioned them talking about an organization that y'all went to. You said you went to a late night, and now you are now on staff with Stumo. Tell us everything. Tell us, like, what is it? How? Did you get involved as a student? Like, tell us about your job now, decisions leading up to it. Um, yeah, just tell us everything. Yeah, so this college ministry,
1: STUMO, man, I love this ministry. And I'm so passionate about what this ministry does. And I now work for this ministry, which is just the most dream come true dream I think I've ever had. So, I got involved in this ministry when I was a freshman. I knew nothing about it. I was invited to go. And from there, I've been involved pretty much ever since. STUMO stands for student mobilization. Um, The word mobilization is a word that I really love because when you think about mobilizing, you're moving somewhere, you're going somewhere. And so whether you're going to your college classes, your college sorority or fraternity or organization whether you're going to a new city, a new state, or even a different country, even, the hope is to mobilize students to those places, whether far or close, soon or later, um, to be able to share the gospel and help lay foundations for people to walk with Jesus and teach other people how to do the same. So this ministry, easily said, is a disciple-making Ministry. We teach people how to make disciples and we help people become disciples of Christ, people who walk with Christ um, and go out and teach other people how to do the same. And so I love this ministry. I was involved off and on pretty much throughout my freshman year. And then this ministry, STUMO, hosts a summer discipleship training program that is two months long in the state of Florida. During the summertime. So I got the honor and the privilege of getting to go to Kaleo after my first year at Texas Tech. And Kaleo, oh my gosh, Kaylin, Kaleo is designed in such a beautiful way, in a beautiful fashion. The best way I can explain it is growing up, I went to a lot of church camps, which I loved going to church camp. I'm a total church camp girl. Um, if you know my character and my personality, <laughs>
0: you I are a in church like camp that. girl.
1: Yeah, classic. It's oh for sure a classic. Um, but I loved going to church camp. I loved the spiritual high I would get. I loved learning about the Lord, and I loved the nature. Usually, camps are in nature, so that was really cool too. And the thing about church camps is, you go for a week. It's amazing you learn a lot, you're on a spiritual high, but then you go home and you're not around 200 kids learning the same thing you're learning, um, secluded in the woods anymore. You are back in your normal life, falling into your normal habits. And so the spiritual high that I would get, these things that I would learn would would hardly ever stick or be implemented into my life because um, I was in a spiritual vacuum. Is maybe a good word for me to use is the word vacuum. And so Kaleo is designed in a completely different fashion. It is not meant to be a spiritual vacuum that takes you out of real life, but it's designed in the opposite way to place you in real life, to learn about God and learn about sharing your faith and grow in character and leadership while being around other people, being around lost people, being around community, Um, during Kaleo, you're required to work a full-time job. You pay rent, you buy groceries, you go do fun things. It's two months long. And so it's designed so that people will grow their faith, their character, their leadership, and do it in an everyday setting. That way, when they come back to campus or go back to their homes or their cities or their towns, they're able to apply what they learned at this discipleship program to their daily lives and to the people around them and so i went to Cleo, and man it completely changed my lifestyle in the most god-honoring way um i got to come back to campus and me and my friend lauren who i was talking about lauren and i started a bible study with stumo resources in our sorority house and so stumo equipped Us and trained us in how to lead Bible studies, how to share our faith, how to share the gospel. Um, Cleo taught me how to be bold with sharing the gospel and having faithful conversations. So we got to take what we learned back to our sorority house and begin to implement that um, through the really the resources and way that Sumo taught us to. um, Because when you think through, when I say making disciples and you think through the Great Commission, which in Matthew 28, it says, Jesus said, um, all authority has been given to me, um, in heaven and on earth. So go therefore and make disciples of all of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. So This is known as the Great Commission, which were some of Jesus's last words after he resurrected and before he ascended up to heaven to meet with his father. And so I like to think about last words a lot, Kaylin. Like, what would your last words be? um, Oh, that's kind of creepy to think about. (laughs) Oh my gosh, no, it's so creepy. Or even thinking about, like, someone in your life who maybe has passed away it's really easy to remember someone's last words to you right yeah
0: like like their legacy kind of yeah like their legacy
1: um i mean last words carry a lot of weight Hmm. and these were the words that jesus chose he could have said hey go be kind to your neighbor which he addresses throughout scripture but man, his last words were to go and make disciples, to baptize them, to teach them, to observe, to remember that he's with us always. Right. And so, man, this is the model that this ministry follows is to make disciples, um, to help people come from death to life in Christ, to baptize them, to, um, to teach people, to observe what God's commanded us, to Get into God's word, where we find His commands to live that out and to model that in our lives to people around us. These are all very biblical principles, and so, man, this ministry has taught me how to make disciples. This ministry has taught me how to share the gospel, um, the importance of community, of fellowship, of God's word, of teaching God's word, of exemplifying God's word through my daily life, and. I mean, I just couldn't talk more about this ministry. Um, Caitlin, is there anything that I'm missing? Any aspects I'm missing about this ministry?
0: Well, no, I don't think. I mean, I'm learning more as you talk. <laughs> <laughs> one, thing, um, one thing that I really love about Sumo is like the time of people's lives that, like, that it's being offered to. Like it's being offered to college students where it's for the first time in their life, like, they're making their own decisions and it's kind of choosing like, okay, what kind of life do you want to live? And this is allowing them to choose a life for God. I mean, of course there are many other routes, but um, one time I had a professor, they said, you can listen. Someone can stand up in the front of the room and give you a whole lecture on how to properly shake someone's hand, but you won't know how to shake someone's hand until you actually do it. And one thing that's really cool about Stumo in that same way is like, like you said, you use the word equipping like three times. I think of not only did it tell you like, oh, like, yes, we're supposed to go make disciples, but I love how it's like, okay, here's how you can practically do that in such a way of like, like you said, like on that spiritual camp high, like, yes, you believe like anything can happen and it's true with God, all things are possible, but then it's like, Well, sometimes we as humans, we limit ourselves when we fall back into our daily habits, when we fall back into those seemingly mundane routines. And so what's really cool about this is it's like, okay, like how can you implement living for Jesus and spreading his word just in the day to day? And I love that it's geared towards college students actually where you're talking it reminded me of the verse in 1 Timothy 4.12 that says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers in speech, conduct, love, in faith, and in purity. And I'm like, how perfect is it of this verse? I mean, you just said you're relating to Timothy. Also just that because Shumo does is geared towards those young adults who— You know, they may feel less than because they're not quite adults yet or anything like that. Um, But it's really cool that it can equip them and empower them to live for Jesus. Yeah, that was really well said, Kaylin.
1: I think that that is one of my favorite things, too, is just you can read God's word sometimes and not know how to apply it. You can know that the Lord has commanded us to make disciples, but not know where to start. It's like, oh, what's a disciple? Oh, How am I supposed to do that again? And so I think equipping someone in ministry is so important. Teaching, like equipping someone even to study and read God's word, equipping someone to pray, equipping someone in understanding the role of fellowship and the role of church. Um, Even going as far as equipping people to share the gospel, because if there's nobody sharing the gospel, how's the rest of the world supposed to hear it? And so as you get to teach and train and equip and establish people in their walks with God with God, um, more people get reached and more people get to experience God's grace and his forgiveness and just his character of who he is. And so it's so foundational.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. You mentioned reach. I did have a question. How far is Tumo's reach? Like it doesn't It's not just here in Lubbock, Texas. Tell me, what are other campuses or places within the states, within the world, that STUMO is actively mobilizing um, college students? That way, if there's anyone listening um, that goes to another university that they could possibly get plugged into.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Um, Even if it's not at your university, I would recommend looking up the nearest university that it's at because it's worth it. So STUMO actually is over 20, 30 years old. It started in the 80s, the 1980s, 1987 to be specific. And it started in Arkansas. And so STUMO launched to Texas Tech in 2016. And before that, STUMO was pretty much predominantly in Oklahoma and Arkansas. Well, now STUMO is on over 26 college campuses. And that's just campus specific or city specific. A lot wow. of times there are, there's a, like a student mobilization in Dallas and five different Dallas schools are plugged in with it. And so just here in Texas, there is a student at Texas Tech, Texas State, Baylor, Dallas, which has like SMU, DBU, UNT, um, TCU, A&M, and UT are all the schools that Texas has stumo at. Um, and I think that there's plans to launch in the near future, which is really cool to some more Texas schools. And man, it's just everywhere. We are going to Alabama this year. Um, we've made it all the way up to Montana, man. There's just a StuMo pretty much anywhere you look for one, which is amazing. There's even, we even have some StuMos overseas, which is really cool.
0: Wow. I didn't realize you were overseas. That's so exciting. It is absolutely
1: exciting and so amazing. And it's just really cool. So this ministry I should also mention is college student specific. And so there's a lot of different ministries, um, ministries for um, orphans, ministries for um, addictions and abuse. There's youth ministries, there's church ministries, this ministry is just college student specific. And so we exist around college campuses that have college students. And so that's, a, that's something about STUMA that's pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Okay, this question, if it catches you off guard, I apologize. You're mentioning some other really great ministries um, that people can get involved in. Do you know of any or like can say any of like, hey, I know for sure like this ministry would be really cool to get involved in. Um, I mean, I can go first. I personally um, like to be involved with a ministry called Our Father's Children. They host um, a summer camp that I attend every summer as a counselor called Royal Family Kids Camp. And Our Father's Children as a whole is taking care of of children in the foster system in the U.S. And so what it looks like is giving them weekend retreats. It's giving them um, these camps that we volunteer at. And, of course, much more ministries where you can go and be pen pals with a, with a kid um, and just carrying on them and giving them the love of Jesus and saying, like, hey, like I know it may seem like in the world, like, no one likes you, but hey, I like like Jesus loves you. I love you, um, and letting them know that there are people there that care for them, which is really sweet. It's one ministry that's really near and dear to my heart, and of course, I will link it in the show notes for anyone who's interested in donating or volunteering. Man, that's amazing, Kaelin.
1: That's really cool. I love that ministry, and I just heard about it, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> Man, yeah, there are a lot of really great ministries out there. Uh, Lubbock has a few. Lubbock Impact is great. It is a community outreach ministry that people are able to donate food, donate clothes, give food to members of the community and pray over them and with them and for them. Um, It's meeting the basic needs that people in the community have, which is amazing to make an impact on the lives of people who might not be able to meet those needs themselves. There is a ministry slash organization here in Lubbock also called Parkridge. And this ministry is really cool. It is for um, women who are expecting babies, who maybe don't have a plan for what that looks like, who weren't expecting to have a child, who are scared, who are maybe alone, who don't have the resources and, Man, Park Ridge is amazing because they have every resource available to whoever needs it for free. Um, it's sonograms for your baby. It's psychologists, psychiatrists. It's people to walk through financial planning. It's setting up delivery dates with the hospital. It's really just caring for the mother so the mother can best care for her baby. And man, it's great because there's so many believers who work in Parkridge just to love on these women. Um, there's other ministries around that are great. I would highly suggest to anyone to get involved in the local church in the ministries that they are providing. A lot of times, the local church partners up with ministries in the community to be able to help serve the community, to link arms, to create volunteer opportunities, and to help the community know that the church is just a helping hand. and so, I would recommend looking there. Also just looking at ministry-specific ministries that your church gives. So this could be a college ministry. This could be um, a disciple-making training ministry that your church offers. But involvement in the church, I would say, is, oh, it's a big win. Big
0: win. Thank you so much for enlightening us with great ministries to get involved in and the encouragement to sometimes... Like I know personally, firsthand, it can be really scary to, to just take that step and be like, okay, like, I'm here to help you. Or like, I'm here to, you know, be the hands and feet of Jesus. Because sometimes you don't always know what'll come of that, what it'll look like. Um, But thank you so much for the encouragement of that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so cool that you literally, your profession, you just get to do ministry mobilizing college students. It's it's a dream job. I'll say it. It's a dream job. <laughs> I love um, it. That's so great. And with all that of you getting to work for Stumo and learning how to love like Jesus and to be involved in ministries and in the church, um, with all that, where have you seen God work most in your life? Mm. Man, this is a
1: big and loaded question also because He has just worked so much in my life. Um through humbling me through the people that he's put in my life to teach me. I think that one of the coolest ways that I've seen God work, and I talked about it just a little bit ago too, but it's through the lives of people that he's changing their hearts, constantly transforming their minds and their lives. I got to witness God transform my own life and my own thoughts and my own purpose. And through that, Just open-handedly saying, hey, God, hey, how can I play a part in what you're already doing? Hey, I want to come to you. I want to submit to you. And I want to be used as an instrument for your grace. Like, God, use me to reach your people. You don't need me. But, man, I'd love for you to use me. And, man, Jesus doesn't promise in the Bible that being a disciple of him, being a follower, is going to be easy. He actually warns against a lot of prosecution, um persecution, one of the words. Anyway, he says it's not gonna be easy.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. And man, is he right? It is really hard to make disciples to really look at the stats around our world and recognize how lost and how broken and how hurting and how painful this world can be. But man, Kaylin, seeing the reward of getting to sit and maybe for a year or two just talk about jesus with someone who is hearing it for the first time and then finally understand through god's spirit working in them is the most rewarding thing i could ever experience here on this earth um one of the coolest things in ways i've seen god working is through one of my friends who when she came to college she didn't know much about Jesus at all. She knew the basics because she grew up in Texas. Um, She knew about Easter and about Christmas and that we celebrated Jesus on those two holidays. But other than that, didn't really have any understanding or knowledge of the Bible or the gospel or God. And so I got to sit down with her and I got to share the gospel with her. And her response was so cool because I heard her say, wow, wow, That's why the cross is so important. Jesus died on it for, for us. And it was just these comments that most people know the answers to that she was making that I was like, wow, she, she's never heard this before. And getting to watch her eyes light up and a smile shine across her face was just the beginning. Um, I've had this friend in my life for, well, for four years now yeah, four years that it in our friendship is just beautiful. And I am just watching the way that God is constantly transforming her and constantly just working in her life and through her life. And I really believe anybody whose life I get to witness being changed is amazing, but really through my friend, gosh, I could cry just thinking about how proud I am of her. but really how thankful to God I am that he allowed me to be a part of this. And so that is one of the coolest ways I've experienced God in the past four years is through my friend.
0: Wow. Can we just take a moment to be like, amen, hallelujah? Because <laughs> how beautiful is, I mean, I was crying over here and I haven't even met oh. your friend. I wasn't even there. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> It's so great because that beauty of seeing someone like connect the dots and saying, Oh, like, wow, that's, you know, that's what this is all about. It's so cool because, like, that's what we're called to do on earth. Like, that's what we're called to do is, you know, praise God, glorify Him, and, you know, make disciples. And how great is that it's so glorious like that, that God really reveals Himself in the nature of His people and in their spirit, which is just so beautiful. You're so
1: right. It is absolutely beautiful, and you know what, Kaylin? What my friend is getting baptized in a month, and no. it's just another thing to celebrate. And so there's God being beautiful
0: and showing out once more. Wow, that's that's amazing. That's so that's so great. Like, what? Okay, yeah. do you know like what day next month so we can be praying for her? Yeah, she's getting baptized on the 12th of February. February 12th? We'll be praying. I'll be praying. Everyone Thanks. listening, y'all should pray February 12th. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm excited because her parents are coming up for it. And she
1: has been praying for her parents for a couple years now. Um, just that, like, as she's learning about the gospel and its truths, that they would learn about it too. Mm. Um, in the past year, her mom has started reading the Bible. Um, and so I'm just really excited for them to come up and be able to experience the church body and get to hear her testimony, get to hear how the Lord has changed her life and to witness her go from death to life and lay down the old life to live a new life in Christ. And so, um, pray and just praise God for my friend, but pray also that her parents would, man, that they would just really maybe for the first time understand the
0: gospel. Yes, will do. Wow. It's crazy that you know like we said he god doesn't always work in these miracles that we may have used to see in the bible and he still can today but sometimes he works in the most beautiful like subtle sweet ways like in your friend's heart and now Mm -hmm. through her to her parents which is so wow like praise jesus (laughs) absolutely praise him praise jesus well, with all this wisdom that you've been giving us today of just, you know, sharing your testimony, sharing about the ministry you work in and your beautiful friends, with all that, what do you have to say for the one listening? Yeah. So, the gospel is
1: essential. Um, it's the very thing that we build our foundation on. Um, it's the very thing that pulls us into a relationship with God. In fact, it's the only thing. That allows us to have a relationship with God is the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And so I, when thinking about the gospel, it makes me think about how our God is such a caring and loving and considerate God that He would recognize our um, separation from Him and He would He would feel the weight of that and do something about it. Um Man, when He created the earth, I was listening to a podcast today actually. That was talking about how man, God worked for six days as a creative worker. He was creating the world and everything in it. He created man and woman, and everything was good. It was designed by God. There was no sin, there was no evil in the world. It was good. And that seventh day, He rested. Well, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, that was sin. And so the best way to describe this is, man, God is, he is holy, which means he is perfect. He is sinless and he is set apart. And Adam and Eve who were in his presence, it's kind of like two North Pole magnets. Sin and God's holiness cannot be in the same room, essentially. It, they, they just do not work. It is impossible for sin to be in the presence of God. And so he had to cast them out of his presence into our broken world that we know today. And he didn't do so where he turns his back, but he did it because it was impossible for Sin to be with him, but he cared very much for them that he still gave them clothes, he clothed them and he cared for them. Um and so God's care is so essential. And so when looking at the gospel and how he went from a creative worker in the beginning to now a redemptive Worker, a restorative worker. He is working to redeem us through Christ into him. He, he is a working God. Let me tell you what. Um,
0: Amen to that. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: That's all I got to say.
1: And so it's amazing thinking about our caring, caring God who made a way for us through the caring gift of the gospel, through the death of Jesus on the cross so that we could be back in the presence of God, back in a relationship with him. But that's only through the gospel. And so, of course, I'm going to leave with the gospel message. But more than that, I'm going to leave a little application or maybe self, self-check self awareness, maybe. Um, man, God cares for us so much that he would lay down his son's life on the cross for us, that he would lay down his life on the cross, right? And in turn, I want to ask, like, hey, how much do we care about our god that cares the world and cares eternity for us um i think it's really easy to see what someone cares about based on the way that someone lives their life Um, it's really easy to see that someone cares a lot about success or fame when they're living for success or fame it's really easy to see someone cares most about even school when all they're spending their time on is school but when getting to see someone care about the gospel man that someone's life is different and it's so evident that it's different because the fruits of godliness are there Um, that person is no more no longer even though they might be in school or have a good job a person who cares for god and cares for the gospel is no longer longer living for themselves or for that success or good grade or school. Rather they're living to make God known through school. They're living to um, exalt God and enjoy God around their coworkers at work. And so what I want to leave with is we have a caring God who sent his son for us and man, it would be a big miss to go through this life not getting to experience God's care. Um, I would even argue that someone who maybe isn't living to enjoy God and exalt him among the nations, I would argue that that person doesn't fully understand how much God cares for us.
0: And so that's, that's what I would leave with. Amen to all that. Thank you so, so much, Chloe, for all your wisdom. Thank you so much, Kaylin, for your kind encouragement and for having me speak. Yes, thank you. Well, y'all heard it here. For the one who's listening, Jesus loves you. God bless. y'all thanks again for listening to the for the one podcast remember to follow along on our instagram at for the one podcast underscore and go ahead and subscribe to this podcast on your listening platform feel free to leave comments as i'd love to hear what you have to say thanks again for listening peace out